0: All right, this morning, I titled my message, Last Day Signs, and after I titled it and already sent their information now, when I say last day signs, don't think singular as in day, <laughs> you know, okay, I should have called it in time signs, I'm not going to stand up here and say a particular day, so I'm going to get to that more as I go on, but there are signs that Jesus pointed out that will occur before the end, the very end. So, I believe that we're living in the times where we are seeing many signs fulfilled. So, our scripture this morning comes from Matthew 24, verses 1 through 14. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. You know, as I I read that, and it's kind of... Interesting. Here's the disciple saying to Jesus, look at this, look at this magnificent temple that Solomon built. Look how beautiful it is, how ornate it is. Well, they're telling the one that gave them the design, look at this and admire it, right? Kind of ironic. But then Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. I think I just recently preached about Christians, right? We are little Christ, like Christ. So you will be, they will kill you, those who proclaim to be Christians, for His name's sake. Because you call yourself a Christian, willing to walk that walk, they will kill you. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, and the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and the end will come. May God add His blessings to the hearing and the reading of His holy word. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thank You and praise You for Your word, and we believe Your word to be true. We believe that You gave the word to the apostles and the prophets of old and the patriarchs, Father, to be handed down to us, Lord God, that we would know the things that have happened in the past and things to look forward to in the future. Father, may your spirit give us understanding. May your spirit be present today. And Lord, may you be glorified through the preaching of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, from the really, from the time that Jesus was on the earth, men have been curious, haven't they, about when that end will come, when God will finally say, it is finished. It is enough. It's time for, to bring my judgment upon the earth. So men have been curious. curious. Even the disciples were curious. Come to Jesus and say, Lord, when will these things happen? When will you come again? When is it going to happen? But the scripture we know is very clear. That it says, no man knows the day nor the hour. Correct? No one knows the day nor the hour. Jesus says, not even the angels, but only the Father. Only the Father knows because He is God. He knows the exact day. He knows when it's going to be. He knows how far in the future it is. But that has not stopped many people over the years from predicting certain dates, when it's going to happen. William Miller, and they called him the Millerites, he predicted that Christ would return in 1843. Well, what didn't happen But he said, oh, I made a mistake on my calculation. So he changed it to 1844. Now, I hope this don't surprise you. But it didn't happen either. Ursula Sothlael, Sothlael I think is how it's pronounced, predicted that the end would be in 1881. And still, didn't happen. Jonas Wendell predicted 1873. Ed Dobson... Timothy Dwight, Edgar Case, and Isaac Newton all predicted that the end would be in the year 2000. Boy, that makes good sense because, you know, 2000 years before the flood, 2000 from the flood to Christ, surely about 2000 is probably going to all be over. Well, that was 20 years ago. Friends, we're still here. Ronald Winland predicted it would happen in 2011. But that didn't happen, so he predicted 2012. You know, they always say, well, I, I made a mistake in all these formulas and calculations. And he said, well, 2013. Well, he was kind of like the one that wouldn't give up, right? Yeah. Kept changing his prediction. We all remember Harold Camping, May of 2011. Then he changed it to October of 2011. There's a source that claims that there has been well over, well over 200 predictions over the years of when someone thought Christ was going to come. You know, they look at the, the numbers and codes and signs and all these things and think they figured it out the day. But God's word is very clear. No man knows the day nor the hour. If the son doesn't know, what makes them think they know? But Jesus did give us signs, right? He gave us signs to look for. I believe that we are in error if we try to determine an exact date. Because only the Father knows. As I said, but He said there will be signs that you will know when it is near. But here's the million dollar question. Can anyone tell me what space of time Jesus would consider as near? (laughs) Alright, I see some smiles. So when Jesus says that you know, you'll know that it's near. Does he mean, will you know that it's within five years? A year? Fifty years? Could even be five hundred years, right? Because with Jesus, a day with the Lord, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years, as a day, right? So we don't really understand or know exactly when he says, you'll know that it's near. Please don't put a number on it. Just know that it is near. I can tell you this with all certainty, It is nearer today than it was yesterday. But I do believe that it is near. (laughs) But I'm not going to put a number on it. I believe it is near. I think, could we see it in our lifetime? Very possibly. But I'm not going to stand up here and say that it is for certain. Because there are signs that we have seen that are happening or have already come to pass. Some yet to come, right? In Jesus' passage here, because it's red letter. He kind of gives us a short list of some of the beginning signs. And there are actually more than what we had right here in Matthew 24. To give us a little bit of an understanding of things that will happen before Christ returns. He said, first of all, that there will be wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation. Now it cannot be disputed that the world has seen an unusual number of wars in the last 150 years. The First and Second World Wars killed millions of people. And since 1945, there have been well over 200 armed conflicts around the world where uncounted millions have died. And there is still, friends, the constant threat of conflict. Every day, turn on the news. You're going to see that there's the constant worry of conflict someplace in the world. Just, you know, what happened last week? I'm sure there were people worried that, wow, this is going to be the start of another big one, this deal with Iran, the worry of war. It's it's constant. You know, when you have nations like North Korea and Iran and Russia and China, many of them have nuclear weapons. There's always that worry or threat of war, isn't there? So we have wars and we have rumors of wars, the worries of more wars. And he said there will be earthquakes in various places. We know that there are two main fault lines that run around the globe, correct? Two where most of your major earthquakes traditionally take place. Am I right? You know, if we turn on the news tomorrow and we hear that they had an earthquake in California, is anybody going to be really surprised? No, because we know that that's a place where they will typically take place. But he says there will be earthquakes in various places. Various places. You know, I found, and you know, some people think that, okay, well, it says that they will increase. And there's conflicting information on whether or not earthquakes have actually increased over the last, say, 50 or 100 years, or if they've stayed about the same. One source says, no, they haven't increased. Another says that they have But a new United States Geological Survey says, or study says, that middle America, between Alabama and Montana, have experienced unprecedented increase in earthquakes of 3.0 or greater between around 2011 to now. There has been 134 events of that size. I think that's kind of various places. Because you turn on the news and they have one in Montana... Oh, I don't ever remember one in Montana, right? Well, they've had 134 since 2011 between Alabama and Montana. <clears throat> That's six times more than we're normally seeing during the 20th century. So I believe that there are earthquakes happening in various places around the world, not just in the United States. So that is one of the signs that I believe that we are seeing the fulfillment of but it's not always number. This is saying in various places. He said there will be famines and pestilence. Famines. You know, most of the time when we think of a famine, what are we going to think causes a famine? Climate change. Climate change. Drought. We, we think of drought. We do. Famine is an acute episode of extreme hunger resulting in excessive mortality. So many people, of course, we know when a have a famine. Many people die. But there's more than drought to cause for a famine. Oftentimes there's political motives. There's political factors that factor into famines in various places in the world. You know you have some uh, totalitarian regimes that hold the food back from people to starve them out, to kill them, to get rid of them or to have control over them. But, you know, there's been many, many famines around the world. Uh, From the 1800s to 2016, there have been 128 million people that have died from famines. And that's a lot of people that have died from famines. So I believe that we are seeing that in the world today. Even in 2020, modern day today, we are still seeing famines in the world in various places. People that are starving, starving to death because they cannot get food, for whatever the reason may be, whether it be drought or whether it be that their nation is that poor and uh, the government is not giving them food or helping them in any way. It said famines and pestilence, you know, pestilence. Over the years there have been so many pestilences that have caused death and destruction, but Pestilence, plagues, you know, when you think of that, you think of stuff like black death, cholera, Spanish influenza. Uh, the Spanish influenza outbreak killed 20 million people in the last century. And, you know, there's the plagues or pestilence of, of so many different kinds of disease. We have, right now, the pollution going into the ocean from the, from, in Japan from the Fukush- Fukushima nuclear power plant that melted down. It's bleeding into the ocean. That could be the death of the sea, the creatures in the sea because of the pollution, the radiation is going into the sea. So there's many things that can affect it. You have Ebola, you have tuberculosis, you have West Nile virus, you have many infectious diseases and things that, they have no, you have AIDS, you have cancer, you have so many things. When you think about just in your lifetime, let's just look at cancer. When I think that when I was younger, I might have known a few people that had cancer, but I think of today, it is many. I can think of many, many people. I think that there's definitely been an increase, not just against what's going against people, but even animals that's dying. You have chronic waste disease that affects deer. You have mad cow disease that affects livestock. I think pestilences and plagues have definitely been on the increase in the last I'm going to say 50 years, or even you know, go back to 100 years. Many, many, many times that I think that it has increased. You know, you look at some of the plagues in the Bible. You think of the plagues of the boils that attacked the gods and the goddesses of the Egyptians. Because the Egyptian people trusted their false gods. Trusted their gods for the healing. In Numbers 33, 4 it says, For the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn." Whom the Lord had killed among them, also on their gods, and the Lord had executed yeah, on their gods, the Lord had executed judgment through the plagues. God showed that He could defeat the entire pantheon of Egyptian gods. Amun Ra was their god of wind. Thoth was their god of science. Imthot was the god of the positions. Shekmet was their god, protectus of the pharaohs and many other gods the Egyptians had. But by God bringing all the different plagues that He brought upon Egypt was a show that He could rule over all of them, that He could control them all and defeat them all all the various plagues. He said there will be persecution and murder of believers. Right now, there are close to 100,000 Christians being killed every year because of their faith, because they believe in Jesus Christ. Today, there's 100,000 people killed every year, according to the Pew Research Survey and other human rights organizations. So that equates to 273, wait a minute, 273, looking at my numbers wrong, 273 Christians killed every day. 11 every hour. So from the time that we started our service to about the time we'll be done, 11 Christians just lost their lives. Murdered for their faith. Because they were not willing to denounce Christ. They were willing to say, I believe in Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah, the Son of God. The Bible also said, Jesus said, there will be a great falling away of Christians. As persecution of believers gets worse and worse, I believe there will be a greater number fall away from the faith, not willing to give up their life for what they claimed to believe in. You know, America used to be the majority Christian, but I believe that Christians today are becoming a minority in the United States. I believe there's a great movement away from Biblical Christianity. I said Biblically Christianity. Because many, many are going to church today get their ears tickled, to hear what makes them feel good. There are many churches out there that have corrupted the Word of God and do not like to confront people with their sins. Say it's okay to live the way you want to. God is love. My friends, that's not the truth. The truth is we need to repent. We need to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. That is the word today. And that is the word for not just the end times, but all times. They say in the end times that Christians will become the enemy of the state and many other groups. And I believe we see that happening and unfolding today. He said there will be many false messiahs and false prophets. That we will see in the future. Many come in His name. Saying that they are the Christ. Within the U.S. I think we're seeing that today. We've seen that happen. So there will be an increase in lawlessness. And the love of many will grow cold. I believe there is much lawlessness in the world today. All you have to do is look around. You don't have to believe what I say. But look around. And look at the lawlessness that we see today in the land. But lastly, he said, the gospel will be preached in all nations. It will be preached in the world to all nations. My friends, think about that. It is happening today. It is being preached in all nations. Because we can gather here today, and those cameras right there, you just don't see them, but those cameras that are looking up here, is taking this message to all the world. We know that this message, God's word is... Proclaimed in Bangladesh, Africa, Sweden, I don't know how many other nations preached in all the world. His word is being proclaimed, not just from this little church, but many churches are proclaiming the word through the internet, through television programs. So his word, his gospel is being proclaimed in all the world today as we speak. So there is no doubt that we are living in the end times. There's no doubt about it. We've been living in the end times since Christ ascended to the Father. Those are all the end times. But He told His disciples, when you see these things happening, you know that they are the beginning of sorrows. The word sorrows means birth pangs, The pain of childbirth. I'm going to pause. <laughs> My wife's had a terrible day Tuesday. Or was it Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. She said that was that pain was worse than giving birth to a child. The pain that she was dealing with Wednesday. Birth pangs. You know, a woman knows, you know, they they, they know that's gonna happen, right? The belly starts to grow a little, but as it gets bigger and bigger, you become a little bit more uncomfortable, right? I don't know, I'm just, I'm guessing here. <laughs> you become a little bit more uncomfortable the closer you get to that nine months, right? I mean, it's a little tougher to sit down, it's a little tougher to be to find comfort, and that baby's stretching and wanting to get out of there, and you know, all that stuff. But as it gets really closer, I do know this, because we went to the, the classes, she starts having pains, and but at first those pains might be hours apart, but then they get, a little closer, and a little more intense, and a little closer, and a little more intense, and a little closer, and a little more intense. Till finally, the severe pain comes, but it all ends when they see that beautiful child, right? But as birth pains, we know that it will get more intense. The closer it comes to Jesus Christ coming back in that clouds, my friends, all these things that we've talked about will become more intense. They will murder more Christians. We will be persecuted greatly. There will be more wars. All these things will be more intense right before Christ comes. It will get worse and worse and worse the closer we get to that time. So we have to keep our eyes open. Daniel 12:4 says, "...even to the end of time many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase." I just threw that one in there as an extra one. We are definitely living in that time where knowledge has increased. It has increased tremendously over the past 150 years, over the past 100 years. What am I saying? Over the past 20 years, it has extremely increased. As I just said, we're passing the message to the other side of the world through through the internet, right? That wouldn't have been possible 20 years ago, would it? But it's happening today. Knowledge will increase. Yes, we are there. But a word of caution for myself and all believers. We must not become so consumed with trying to find out what day, a specific time, that we forget the message, Jesus' main point. They missed a point, those that set those days. You know, some of those earlier predictions back in the 1800s, they quit their jobs. They sold everything they had. They sat out there in the lawn chairs basically waiting. And it didn't happen. That's not what we're supposed to do. I believe that we are to believe that His return is near. I honestly believe that. We are always supposed to believe that it is very near. The disciples thought they would see it in their lifetime. The next generation after the disciples thought they would see it in their generation. Now friends, we are supposed to believe that we are going to experience it in our generation. We are supposed to think it is very near. And I think we, to get the full context of 24, we have to know a little bit of what Jesus spoke in Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamp and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, Say no, lest there should not be enough for you and us. But go rather to those who sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. And afterwards the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. And here is the key. Watch. Verse 13. Watch, therefore, For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. My friends, that is the most important thing for all of us, to watch. Watch what is going on around you in the world and have yourself prepared. Have oil in your vessels. Be prepared every day while you're waiting and watching for the bridegroom to return. And we have work to do. My friends, if you were... If you were at home sitting on your porch, it's a nice spring day, and you look across the way and you see that your neighbors, are there. they're at the end of the house. You see them out there in the patio, they're having a picnic. In the other end of the house, the electrical connection caught fire. And you see a fire. Are you going to sit there and say, oh, this is interesting. Get your phone out. Get your phone out. Are you going to run over and warn them? Please nod your head if you will. If you don't like your neighbor, you're not, right? You're going to run over and you're going to warn your neighbor. Hey, the house is on fire. Get out of there. My friends, we have been in the end times. We need to warn our neighbors. We do have work. Don't go sell everything and sit on the chair and wait. Go tell your neighbors. What is the most frequent thing that Jesus taught as He taught upon the earth? The kingdom of God is at hand. Right? I should have went through their encounter, but I didn't quite have time this week. The kingdom of God is at hand, is what Jesus taught, and that's the message that He gave the disciples to share with all the world. The kingdom of God is at hand. Are we in the end times? Absolutely. And the kingdom of God is at hand. The message is the same, and that is the message that we have as Christians for the world. For our unsaved loved ones, our unsaved neighbors... The kingdom of God is at hand. Today is the day of salvation. No matter how many earthquakes we've had, no matter where they were, today is the day of salvation. No matter how many have been martyred for Christ, today is the day of salvation. The kingdom of God is at hand is the message that He gave to proclaim. And that is what we as believers need to share with the world. There are many signs fulfilled. But don't get so consumed with that that we forget the work that we have to do to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. That is the main point. Be prepared. We are to be prepared every single day and help others to get prepared also. Friends, that is the work that the church has to do. That we each individually have to do. To share the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus also said, or one of them said, as in the days of Noah. What's it say? They were eating, drinking, marrying, having a good old time, ignoring what Noah was doing over here building that ark. Ah, he's just a crazy fool. Well, they might think we're crazy fools because we come to church every week and we read our word and pray every day and gather together for Bible studies. and They just think we're crazy fools for believing that There's a God up in heaven and His Son's at His right hand. But friends, let them believe that. Because we believe in the one true God and we believe in His Son, that He's at the right hand. And He is coming back again someday to receive those who believe in Him. Who have accepted the sacrifice that He made upon that cross have repented of their sins. That is the word. That is the word for today and these end times as we go forward to that day that He comes. And if He comes in our lifetime, we can say hallelujah. If He doesn't, we'll see Him when He comes because the dead in Christ will rise. So we will see Him. But let's keep our faith and our hope and our trust in Him and be faithful in His service until that time, whenever that day may be. Amen?